Before I begin this podcast, I want to encourage you to support independent black media. Portrayals of our people in mass media often come off with a spirit of either disinterest or seem to be disingenuous. It's not enough for outlets such as this one to be professional, but also passionate because the issues that we talk about here are very personal and specific to black people. You can make a one-time donation to the Making a Difference show via Cash App at dollar sign making M-A-K-I-N a difference show, or you could become a month-to-month supporter of the Making a Difference show through Patreon by going to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a difference show. Thank you for your support and welcome to Making a Difference. Um, to be a Negro, to be a Negro in this country, and to be um, relatively conscious, is to be in a state of rage, almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth, but not to make no dope. To make a difference. Welcome to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. We got a very exciting episode, a very, I believe it's going to be informative. And I'll go ahead and say spiritual episode. Got a dynamic young brother here. Uh, he's actually president of the Georgia NAACP at 25 years old. He was, uh, when he was elected, uh, he was the youngest president ever elected in the 110 year history of the Georgia NAACP. So glad to have on the show with us, James Woodall. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, my, my listeners are used to, you know, really jumping into conversations. And so I've had a chance to look from afar at some of the work and things that you've been doing. I want to ask you very quickly about the NAACP's uh, role in terms of activism uh, and awareness uh, in regards to the Ahmaud Arbery case. Most definitely. And thank you for the question. Um, as we look at what the Georgia NAACP uh, in coalition with the Just Georgia Coalition, which is led of, of about 10 uh, stateside and national organizations that not only created a list of demands that we could, you know, get some kind of movement on and action on, but also some accountability in this situation regarding this case. And we've been there numerous times. I literally just got back late last night or really early this morning around 3 um, and, and meeting with community leaders, uh, family members, etc., to not only stand with them in solidarity and support, but also to let them know that we are invested in ensuring that this community has a kind of organizational infrastructure to be able to respond not only to this challenge in this, this dying time, I mean, this, this, this kind of difficult time, but, but also to create the kind of electoral process and reality to be able to change policy and personnel uh, decisions that are being made in the city and the county of Glenn to ensure that this doesn't happen again. If you could be specific about that, because I know you've called for uh, a couple of the district attorneys to step down, and I'm, I'm guessing that's what you're alluding to in terms of uh, the policy and personnel changes. So when we look at um, how we respond to the actual de- demands, so one, we're looking for judicial accountability in the form of those two district attorneys not being able to prosecute a case in the state of Georgia ever again. Currently right now, it has been nearly 90 days, 
three weeks, three months, where this murder took place, and the individuals who are responsible, um, uh, fortunately for us, are no longer on the street posing public safety risks. But also, the two prosecutors that were responsible for not, you know, carrying out justice and doing their jobs are still on cases to this day, possibly mismanaging their oaths of office to do justice. And so we're calling for an immediate investigation, not only into this case, but also the patterns of unethical behavior and and malfeasance of office that spans, you know, cases predating this particular one. And so that's the first thing. Two, we're really prioritizing the legislative question of being able to repeal the citizen's arrest statute, which was written in the 1800s that literally legalized a white person's ability to not only call a black person a slave, even though they were free, they were free after the Emancipation Proclamation, but also to, to, to declare that they had committed crimes of moral turpitude, which means that you committed a felony of, of any sort. And so you see the criminalization of black bodies um, almost immediately in that same law and that same statute is currently in the official code of Georgia, as well as in the in the Georgia Constitution, which was being passed in 1868. Taking a closer look, what does Georgia law say about committing a citizen's arrest? Chelsea Bimefor asked a Georgia attorney and local law enforcement about how it should work. Well, usually after committing a crime, you end up behind bars at a place like the Bibb County Law Enforcement Center. Technically, someone other than a police officer can arrest you. Blue lights and handcuffs, the typical scene of a criminal arrest, but occasionally it's done by someone outside of law enforcement. It doesn't go to the point of that person putting handcuffs on. It goes to the point of that person uh, blocking their movement. That's Dublin Police Chief Tim Chapman explaining to 13 WMAZ in a previous interview how a citizen's arrest works. Under Georgia law, you can do this only if you've actually witnessed a crime. Think of, for instance, of a purse snatching. It allows somebody to intervene to help the victim with the purse snatching, maybe grab the snatcher and hold them until the police come. Michael Moore, a former U.S. attorney in Macon, says citizens' arrests can be helpful, but they are pretty rare, perhaps because it's a bit more complicated than it sounds. You might think that um, you've witnessed something that's an arrestable offense, and it's not really an arrestable offense. Ford Valley Police Chief Lawrence Spurgeon made this Facebook post Wednesday night, explaining the risk factors associated with the rule. I always tell people, like, are you really ready to absorb um, the possibility that if you're wrong, you'll be criminally responsible? Are you really ready to absorb the fact that uh, if you're wrong, you'll be civilly responsible as well? Under Georgia code, Moore says a citizen can use force if they fear for their life, but they cannot create a confrontation themselves and then claim self-defense after harming someone, especially if they did not witness a crime take place. It does not allow us to create armed posses and roam the community looking for people who we think might have done something wrong. Chief Spurgeon says when possible, you should report wrongdoing to the police rather than take action into your own hands. Police officers are trained and equipped to handle situations that could turn violent. Reporting in Macon, Chelsea Bime for 13 WMAZ News. According to published reports on that Brunswick case, investigators found no evidence that Ahmaud Aubrey committed a crime or that the shooting suspects witnessed any crime. And so we're looking for an, an, an immediate repeal 
a complete removal of that statute from the code in addition to a revision of the use of force statute, which is commonly referred to as stand your ground. Because we do know that black bodies almost never are giving the kind of luxury to stand their ground in the face of white racial terror. Man, that's really heavy. And I want to build on that because as much as we talk about this from, you know, a political and a legislative standpoint, uh, having this conversation as black men, and particularly in your case, I, you know, was looking over just some of the details of your life and obviously over the details of Amal's life. And I realized that you all were very similar in age. And I can just imagine in addition to that closest in age, and obviously with him being a black man, that what has happened uh, in, in terms of his murder hits very close to home for you. When I look at the similarities of, of you know skin color and age, and he liked to run and be athletic, and so was I, you know, beautiful personality, and you know everybody has something nice to say. It really makes me think, you know, this could, in many ways, if not is me, and so I take this one very very personally, and. You know, this is not something I'm just doing because, you know, it's the hottest, you know, story on the headlines there. It's, it's just simply what I, I believe I should be doing in this moment. It, it, it's almost difficult to be able to take these kinds of cases time and time again and see the kind of dehumanization that takes place and how it impacts our lives when the trauma from each case continues to build up and we never really have the space or ability of, being able to process through that. So that's something that I'm definitely uh, conscious of. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Making a Difference. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Too often, we're left wondering what happened, how it happened, and who made it happen. Too often, that is because we don't know enough about the functions of our local and state governments. Remember this, knowledge is power, engagement is crucial, and you can influence your quality of life based upon the choices you make on election day. Please follow me, Janice Allen Jackson, for the Local Matters podcast here on SoundCloud. We will be interviewing candidates for various offices, and we don't want you to miss it. Why should you follow Local Matters? Because local does matter. This is Donald Doe and Michael Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. What's going on, everybody? It's Knife Wonder right here, man. And you're checking out Making a Difference with my man, Ken Macon. Keep it locked. Peace. What can people do, maybe they're, you know, who are listening to this podcast, folks who want to be able to help, but just don't have an idea of how they can step in. And maybe it's, you know, some things are more just getting the awareness piece out, but 
there may be some opportunities for folks to specifically help the Georgia NAACP. So if, if there are any insights that you might have, what can people do to to, to help further you all's cause and help, you know, to find justice for uh, Brother Omar? One, I would tell everybody they can do two things. One, they can go to the just, J-U-S-T dash Georgia, which is spelled out, dot org, and look at the demands. You know, if you want to support and donate, you can do that as well. We're going to be putting boots on the ground for the next several weeks, and it's going to take some, some resources to do that. Two would be to contact or send a letter and contact both George Barnhill and Jackie Johnson and re- demand that they resign immediately. There are some investigations taking place through the Department of Justice as well as the Attorney General's office. And so that kind of is where our advocacy on that part you know, goes is to contact them directly and just let's demand that they resign. And if they don't, there is a concurrent investigation being had right now. The final thing is not to just see this as an isolated circumstance, but rather pay attention to what's happening within your very own community um, because this is happening literally all over the country. Uh, we have cases that are currently you know, being evaluated here in, in Georgia from Albany to Atlanta to you know, uh, Savannah and everywhere in between Columbus. What we can do is you know, look in our own backyard and speak up about the injustices that are happening, ensure that we are registered to vote, you know, ensure that we actually show up to vote and, and hold our district attorneys and our judges and our and our, our uh, sheriffs accountable for the work that they do or lack thereof. And so that's the three things that I would recommend you do. The fourth thing I would say is become a part of an organization that is doing this work. It is so crucial to have people that are committed to this work every single day. A lot of people don't know, but I don't get paid for this. Hmm. This is This is something that we do simply because we genuinely care. And so every single hand, helping hand to fight against these kinds of things would be helpful in this fight so that we ensure that our people are safe. And so if you want to join the NAACP, want to communicate and see how you can be a part of the movement that we have, uh, you can go directly to our website at NAACPGA.org and we'll be more than happy to bring you to bring you onto the team. I want to ask you a question that I had a chance to ask another, and I use the term loosely because I'm seeing just a, a wisdom beyond your years, and I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked another, for lack of a better terminology, just a, a freshman public servant. And so you've been in this position uh, you know, for a short amount of time, but you've had to be a leader uh, with obviously with what's going on with Brother Ma, but also just in the face of what we're seeing with COVID-19. How much of a challenge has it been to kind of learn on the fly but also with so many things that are at stake. Just kind of talk about the, the, the duality there and just the challenge of that. You know, I'm not necessarily new to this, even though I'm new to becoming, you know, the state president. Right. But, you know, our, our calm in this moment has been a, a direct result of, you know, years of learning from others and, and, and evaluating their mistakes and ensuring that I am able to learn from them. Um, you know, being very strategic in my experiences as an organizer, as an advocate, as a grassroots leader, you know, for several years, you know, every level that I've experienced in this organization and in this work has prepared me for this moment. So I'm literally doing what I've been trained to do. And I think and I believe wholeheartedly that God has prepared us for such a time as this. Um, and, and we're very deliberate 
and speed and, and, and an intention on how we move in this moment. And if we don't do it the right way, we run the risk of not only doing damage to the movement, but to our people ultimately. And our covenant must be that we would not only tell no lies in the words of Amal Cabral, Amil Cabral, we also claim no easy victories. And so we're very careful to ensure that, you know, the work that we do is strategic and calculated, but also sufficient and effective. Because I've been called and I was elected to do one thing, and that's simply to build the kind of capacity to mobilize our people. And I, I think these challenges provide us a great opportunity, even though it's very sad and the kinds of tragedies that we don't want to experience. But this has provided us an opportunity to do just that, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So I don't take it lightly. It's a challenge that I accept openly, and um, I believe it's one that I've been prepared for. To, to, to answer in this moment. We'll close things out after this short break. You're listening to Making a Difference. It's the West Coast Diva. Tell them, follow the leader. It's yo, yo. You're listening to Making the Difference with Ken Making. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your Allstate insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, He understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8 William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. Hey, y'all, we're going to get back to the show in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about my good friends over at Quick Print Augusta. I want to tell you about some of the services they provide. They do family reunion T-shirts, political flyers, logo designs, church programs, church fans, brochures, business cards and banners. So if you need any of those things, and I'm pretty sure you do, give them a call at 706-750-9779. That's 706-750-9779. You can also shoot them an email at info at quickprintaugusta.com. Info at quickprintaugusta.com. You can also hit them up on Facebook at Quick Print Augusta. But wait, there's more. If you mention making a difference to the good folks at Quick Print Augusta, they will give you 10% off of your order. Again, if you mention MAD, making a difference, they'll give you 10% off. Enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, you've been very outspoken. Like I said, I've just been very impressed, you know, watching from afar, just some of the things you've been able to accomplish and some of the things that you've been able to speak to. Uh, one of those things is, and obviously this is really just made the, uh, the waves now in terms of media and, you know, social media and national media were some of the comments that were made uh, by uh, the Democratic presidential uh, candidate, uh, Joe Biden. And one of those uh, commentaries that was made was is that he said that the NAACP uh, had always endorsed him. And then I saw a, a comment from I want to say it was you specifically that says that the NAACP does not uh, endorse. I don't know if it was political candidates or presidential candidates. So if you could just make that plain for us and make that specific for us. It was me who made the statement uh, as soon as I saw the video, and I stand by every every single word. Joe Biden has never been endorsed by the the NAACP. I mean, any race that he's ran in, and, and we have never endorsed any candidate in any race that any of them have run in. We don't. We aren't in the business of endorsements. We do political education. We coordinate you know, voter education campaigns and mobilization uh, campaigns 
And our work is centered around ensuring that we communicate with every single person who is involved in the political process, whether it's the voter, whether whether it's the legislator, whether it's lobbyists and advocates and act and you know action groups, whether it's uh, political action committees. We are a C4 organization with a C3 arm or a C3 organization with a C4 arm, depending on how you look at it. And so um, for Joe Biden to say that was just simply um, unacceptable. And he has a he has a role to play. He's trying to win the presidency. I have no no permanent friends, no, nor any permanent enemies. There may have been some people in the NAACP who has in their personal capacity endorsed him. However, I know personally people in the association who have voted for Trump and who have also vote, uh, endorsed him. Our job is not to endorse candidates. Our job is to simply stand on the right side of truth and declare the right kinds of questions about who will rise up against the, the workers of iniquity, against the, the, the uh, kinds of injustices that we find way too often in our, in our communities. That's our role, and that's what we will continue to do, and we will continue to stand out and speak out against any and all persons who stand in direct opposition to our ability to enjoy and experience life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Could you break down the, the C3 and the C4 distinction just for folks who may not uh, understand that? So C3 is, is, is a tax classification that generally means just nonprofit. You're not able to do any political activity work. You're just simply in you know a group that does either like uh, nonprofit services or um, education, general awareness kind of campaigns. C4, you're allowed to do a little bit more political engagement, meaning you can do independent expenditures. You're not working directly with candidates, but you're able to advocate politically on the question of the issue that matter most to you. So you can't necessarily endorse, but you can do just about everything up to endorsement, meaning that if somebody stands right with you on the question, you can kind of do some advertising on your own behalf that says, hey, these people stand you know, with us on these questions. And so we're supportive of them for for their support of us kind of thing, as opposed to saying, hey, we are endorsing, which is not something that you can do as a C4. Appreciate the clarification. want to ask you this because you made a, a great distinction, I believe, between traditional party politics versus uh, petitioning. And I'll just say, look, by virtue of the NAACP petitioning for uh, African-Americans, for colored people. Uh, can you uh, go into that a little bit more and just kind of help people to understand, hey, what's the difference between Democrat and Republican versus advocacy work for black people? Well, Democrat and Republican, their main job is, is to get elected and stay elected. It's about political power. And, and for me, I don't care about either one, quite frankly. My job is to, to ensure that, that our people are not discriminated against and that liberation is at the forefront of our agenda. Both political parties have established foundations of which that has directly been challenged. When we do advocacy work, we're fighting using the methods of the movement, which are direct action, meaning marching in the streets and sit-ins and protests and those kinds of things, which often always happens simultaneously while the other two legs of our movement uh, methods are being utilized, the other two being litigation and public policy. And so if you are if you're seeing the NAACP marching in the streets, you best believe that there are conversations being had behind closed doors about possible litigation and using the criminal justice or the civil justice process or the legal justice process to be able to get some results. And then, you know, changing laws and public policy and statutes and ordinances 
to ensure that these kinds of things are not sanctioned by the very the very enactment of law and legislation. That's what we do, and that's what we will continue to do as long as our, 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 our families and our communities continue to face these kinds of challenges. Absolutely. This is the final question I want to ask you because, you know, I've heard a number of things, and I think you've done a great job of really speaking on this in the last 15 to 20 minutes. But just talk about the relevance of the NAACP and the role of the NAACP in 2020. Because some people have said, well, you know, uh, what, what are they doing out here? You know, where, where where's the NAACP? I, this interview certainly answers that question, but I would love to hear that from you. Well, I'll say this. In many ways, we, we have dropped the ball um, as an organization regarding how we fight for our people. But we have always been here and we, we haven't stopped in the 111 years. And the reason I know this is because people haven't stopped calling. And there's a there's an old saying that says when Negroes get in trouble, they call t- on on two people. They call on the name of Jesus and they call on the NAACP, and that's just the downright truth. We get literally hundreds of of complaints, calls, emails a week, uh, mail you know letters saying that this case you know is happening. We need some assistance, and unfortunately, we're just not able to handle the kind of volume of intake that we receive. However. We are very thorough in our in our evaluation of these cases, and if we're not able to help, we always refer them out to local local attorneys. A lot of people think we are attorneys. We're not. We do have attorneys w- working with us and for us. However, we don't handle cases. We're not a legal law firm. We're advocates, and so we have to be very, very careful in which cases we involve ourselves in because of you know liability issues. We're not litigating the cases, and so our job is to make sure that advocacy is done on behalf of pursuits of justice and so when people you know ask about the relevancy i've asked the same question are we still relevant and looking into the eyes of you know loved ones who have have lost you know a son a a daughter a brother a sister or somebody in between uh due to you know senseless violence or you know somebody got wrongly incarcerated we know that we're still relevant so the people who ask those kinds of things i always challenge them with well are you engaged in the work to make us relevant again if we're not relevant to you there must be a reason why there must be a disconnection of information and awareness of some of the things that we're doing and so we're always working you know to ensure that people know what we're doing and we're present in our communities but we are working and we invite any and all uh, persons and people that want to be a part at least want to see the NWCP be relevant to come and join the movement uh, we're young people who are, who are just as tired of dying as, as they are as well. That's that's really all I have on that particular question. Oh, no, I, that is, that's compelling. Uh, and I want to encourage everybody to look, follow this young man on Facebook. Uh, his name is James. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. Woodall? Woodall, that's right. Woodall, uh, W-O-O-D-A-L-L. Of course, uh, you can keep up with uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia NAACP. Uh, you can follow the state chapter, national chapter, also find out where your where your local chapters are. But we're just so glad to have, uh, like I said, the president of the Georgia NAACP, uh, James uh, Major Woodall, on our show. Thank you so much, my friend, and uh, Godspeed, and man, just wish you all the best, man. Because I know this thing can be taxing, man. So God bless you, man. We we'll be praying for you. Thank you, sir. Take care. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. The revolution will not be televised. <laughs> you see. A lot of times people see, 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 see battles and skirmishes on TV and they say, aha, the revolution is being televised. Nah, the results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind. 
about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place will not be televised. 